When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Communication. That's the nothing personal word of the day. And it is Friday, December 8th, 2023. TGIF. Two more Fridays left before Christmas, which I find unconscionable. Communication. Isn't that the word we all hear in our relationships with our children, our parents, our friends, our coworkers? We need to communicate better. The purpose of communication is so I can get into your head what's in my head so that you'll do what I want you to do while you think it's your idea. Communication. Coaches have been using communication since the start of coaching, motivation sometimes it gets called. We need to look for a highly motivated man who can motivate our guys or our gals to really get out there and run through a brick wall. I'm so motivated by you that I'll do anything. How do you know that? Because I communicated that thought to you. Sean McDermott is the coach of the Buffalo Buffs. Turns out that a few years ago, like 2019, which seems like yesterday, pre-COVID, sort of seems like 20 years ago, 2019, Sean McDermott was getting his team together, trying to communicate a very important point about team and communication. And he thought, in his mind, it would make perfect sense to show what the North Star is of teamwork and communication, and that's the hijackers from 9-11. Coca, this would be the time that you could press that button. That would be like, wah, wah, wah. What? <laughs> that's it. Here's the thing. When you're the team president, and you hire a coach or a manager, and you have an owner who also likes to meet the team. Players don't really like team meetings very well, just like you don't like going to meetings in your own office. Remember, players are just people. They're the same. There's no difference. None of us wants to go to a meeting and hear our boss talk and think that, wow, that's now we're really going to want to work harder because we love you, man. Love you. No, we want to get paid more. We want a bigger bonus. And sometimes when people talk to you, you look at them, whether it's a professor or a parent or a friend, and you say, you know, I'm not really getting what you're selling. I don't, and we manifest it by saying, I don't understand what you're saying. Sean McDermott goes through this entire speech about how together the hijackers were and how organized they were. And as an example of what teamwork is required and communication is required in order for everyone to be pulling in the same direction. So let's go team. Meanwhile, 
some players looked at themselves and said, that doesn't seem very motivating. That doesn't seem like a good thing to talk about. Didn't hear much about it until now when a writer did a complete hit job on Mr. McDermott, Coach McDermott. And I should tell you in the interest of full disclosure that I have an existing pending wait to see that Sean McDermott gets fired before the start of next year. Having nothing to do with this story because I didn't know about it. This story could be the final nail in his Bill's coaching coffin. Not because the owners are unhappy with what he did, because the PR may just get out of hand the way it is now. Hit jobs are something that writers can do. It's, it's the original cancel culture. This author comes out with this article today talking about the inappropriateness of that speech four years ago. It's not like the owner of the team, the president of the team, the GM of the team weren't aware of it at the time. It's not like they didn't deal with it at the time. People wondering why Sean McDermott had to do a press conference today to explain what he did four years ago because his owner and president said to him, hey, your mess, get out there, apologize, but we got you. If we were going to fire you, we'd have fired you about that at the time. If my manager ever did something like that, I don't know that I would use that to fire a manager I didn't want to fire. That would be amazing to use for a manager I did want to fire. But if I didn't want to fire the guy, I'd just talk to him and say, do me a favor. When you're thinking of these communication speeches or these motivational speeches, let's workshop it. Aren't there a few things that we all know that we don't use as examples of something good as an, as an example that you all know? Do you sit around and when you're talking about leadership and you're talking about pride, do you invoke the name of that guy in Germany in the 1940s as an example? Of course you don't. When you're talking about war, you're talking about genocide. What do you do? How do you, how do you motivate people by talking about things that are terrorist activities? It's not motivating. It's despicable, disgraceful, hard to even wrap your arms around. Sean McDermott got into his presser and tried to explain today about himself four years ago. Hey, my intent in the meeting that day, how the hell does he remember? Do you remember a meeting you had in 2019? I can't remember a meeting I had with Coca last week. That's not an age thing. I don't like when you say, if you're a public personality, which we are, all, all coaches are, don't pretend you remember something that you don't. My intent in the meeting that day was to discuss the importance of communication. Isn't maybe that the intent every day? You remember sort of meeting the team that particular day? Oh, I remember that time that I sat with the players in 2014 and said, we really got to get this one. We've lost two in a row. We're going against their worst pitcher and our race is pitching. Let's get it. Let's salvage the trip and win the game so we can get home at 500. How the hell do I remember that? And then he said, I regretted saying it immediately and apologized to the team. Maybe it's one of those things that you just remember your whole life, but then it sort of changes over time because your memory changes over time. But then you feel like what really happened is different than what actually happened which is what should scare the patooties off you when it comes to a jury of your peers. He said, she said, maybe you both can't say. 
Today's show is pretty dedicated to what people are saying today. I find that to be much more compelling than what people said four years ago. Communication. Brian Cashman had some communicating to do yesterday. And boy, did he ever. He met the media. We're back, baby. That's what I wanted him to say. I wanted Cashman just to sit there, look right in the camera, look all smug the way he is when the Yankees were the number one payroll and no one was even close and act like, wow, I'm the smartest guy in the room. Well, you certainly got the most money and can make the most mistakes. Smartest guy? Eh, not so sure. And now Hal Steinbrenner is back doing the things that Georgie would have loved. Went on the Rich Eisen show this week and talked about Hal Steinbrenner having daddy issues. And I smiled at that because part of having daddy issues is sometimes you do everything to separate yourself and sometimes you do everything to embrace the legacy, to be just like him. Either way, it's a daddy issue. Hal Steinbrenner not firing Boone or Cashman, daddy issue. Hal Steinbrenner looking at Steve Cohn and saying, wow, now the Mets have a BSD. I better start spending even more. That's a daddy issue. George Steinbrenner would not allow himself to be overshadowed by the Wilpons or by anybody at Shea Stadium ever. It was the George show. So now Hal is saying, let's go back to those days. Brian, get out there. And I want you to remind people what my dad used to say, that every great player should be a Yankee. I'm a Yankee doodle dandy. I've got a payroll over 300. I don't care about the Steve Cohn tax. And we're going to get Yamamoto, not the Mets. We're doing more. Can't wait to do more. I, I love that. Someone did ask Cashman correctly. So maybe they watched nothing personally yesterday. Hey, did you even talk to Soto about a contract, about an extension? When you are counseling your GM with talking points and Juan Soto and his agent, Scott Boris, and you've got him for one year, we want to make sure that our fans understand this could be a one year situation. We're not trying to create any possibility that he will sign with us as a free agent. The rumors are already out there that Soto will sign with the Metropolitans at the end of the year. There's one thing that I wouldn't say to the media and to the fans, and that is exactly what Cashman said. Haven't had any conversations regarding that. Would you give me a break? Come on, people, people, say it with me on three. In the chat room, live, the studio audience right here. The blanket, the hanger, the dry cleaning bag, the extra toilet paper, bats. Hello, Scott Olson, say it with me, horse hockey. You know very well that they've had discussions about the possibility of extending Juan Soto. It would be irresponsible. It's a lack of doing your job. There's one thing Brian Cashman can do, it's his job. He's been doing it for decades. Oh, you just make the trade. Hey, we'll talk to Juan when we meet him. Give me a break. Not only did they talk to Juan, they talked to Boris. And you don't think they've had internal conversations about it versus what they would give versus what they wouldn't give, depending on how long he was going to be with the Yankees. We've got big news. Names are being exchanged. 
I saw someone tweet today. This is so good, Coke. I forgot to tell you pre-show. I was on Twitter very early this morning. I was up very late on Twitter very early. Thank God it's Friday. I'm going to try to hibernate until Monday. See how that works. Do you know, Coke, I still have not done my New Year's resolution of a weekend without a phone. I promised I would do it in 2023. Haven't done it. Running out of weekends. I really wanted to say something about what I saw on Twitter. Oh, someone is tracking a private jet from Anaheim to Toronto. It's got to be Shohei Otani. He's going to land in Toronto. I'm here signing with the Blue Jays. Get me that MRI. Get that press conference going. Friday news dump Otani to the Blue Jays because there's a unknown global 5,000 of unknown names inside flying from Anaheim to Toronto. And the tweet was like, that's very strange. Who would fly from Anaheim to Toronto? <laughs> okay. Just about anybody. Sorry, I'm off the subject. I'm not really that far off the subject. We're talking about communication. So this era of Cashman trying to become the GM for Hal the way he was the GM for George, it's way easier to be the GM for George when, well, he would fire you very quickly, but he gives you the ability to sign any player you want. There's no limit to the amount of money you can spend why the Yankees would be choosing to go over luxury tax thresholds that they were never willing to go over before to get and surpass the Steve Cohn level, which they would do if they sign Yamamoto or if they sign Snell or if they sign Montgomery, if they sign a free agent pitcher without jettisoning someone off their team. Very strange to me that they're choosing this year to do it. Maybe it's one final final. This is it. Brian and Aaron. This is your last chance. It's what we told you, we thought. But now we've got the whole fan base lathered up because Brian Cashman yesterday said, oh no, we're not done. We're just starting, baby. I'm trying to understand how that would work. If they don't get Yamamoto, does that mean they're pivoting to another free agent starter the year after they did Rodon to then pair with Cole to finally give them depth in their rotation to go with a position player group of people where paying $30 million to judge to Stanton to Soto. How many 300 player, 300 million, $30 million players can you have on a team? As a president of a low revenue team and a low payroll team, I never really minded publicly. I always said I did. I never really minded teams going crazy. Only when it would impact me. And crazy contracts impact me when I'm in the market for crazy contracts. But the fact that, you know, Bryce Harper wants to get an extension or the fact that Soto would get $33 million in arbitration or the fact that Otani could get 50 or $60 million, it's hard to use those as comps the way players try to. And that's what we're going to see this offseason. The craziest contracts that are out there, the biggest ones, that's when you get other players to slide in under. And they slide in just enough under according to where their agent and they believe they belong. And then the problem is they meet with teams who say, well, I appreciate Clay Bellinger, that you believe, Cody Bellinger, excuse me, that you believe that you should slide in just under Otani as a bat. But then it's up to the teams to say, we don't value you that way. 
I guess I've said this before, and I keep thinking about it as free agency is finally going to open up if that private jet does have Otani, and if Otani becomes a Blue Jay. Do you know that no player can sign a contract without the implied and implicit written consent of the owner? Scott Boris doesn't get these crazy contracts. The owners give them. Otani doesn't get 60 million because he deserves 60 million or 50. It's owners saying, I'll do it because I don't want him to do it. We're supposed to be partners with the other teams, the leagues, every team, whether it's basketball, baseball, football, these are your partners. And you know what owners feel about each other? They can't stand each other. They don't treat them like partners. That bothered me always. It always bothered the commissioner too. Bud Selig would sit us down. Rob Manford would sit us down. Do you guys just hate each other? Look what you're doing. We'd all laugh. We'd deny it. Of course, it's true though. I think there's going to be a lot of new owners. You're seeing a lot of teams sell. Mark Cuban just sold. The Mavericks are done. The Pacers sold a big limited piece to Stephen Rails. The Suns had a sell. It's a lot of turnover. The Commanders sold. In Major League Baseball, you're reading a lot about teams that are for sale. The Nationals are for sale. I told you the Orioles are for sale. We read yesterday the Rangers may get a limited partner infusion. What does this mean to you? What it means to me is that owners are getting older, and that is true. And so there's natural turnover when you want to do estate planning. It also shows me that valuations are high. Could we be heading to the end of a bubble? Not impossible. Local revenue is going to be hurt because of the end of local broadcast and baseball. It's possible with all the companies losing money, the streamers, et cetera, that the national deals, while the next basketball one is going to be great, who knows about the one after that? There's a bit of uncertainty. When there's uncertainty, there are people who like diversification. Diversification in an era of uncertainty is king. Because if everything, here's the view that financial minds have. If the world disappears tomorrow, it doesn't matter if you're in bonds or equities or if you own sports teams or cryptocurrency, or if you own cash under your mattress, or if you own blue chip stocks. If the world ends tomorrow, we're all at zero. So that's one side of the spectrum. Diversification is not necessary. If the world doesn't end tomorrow, but the world changes tomorrow, that's when diversification matters. I've always preached diversification because it's spreading of risk. If your entire net worth is in one asset and you lose that asset, you're in trouble. If your entire net worth is wrapped up in one asset and you use the worth of that asset to borrow money to buy other assets and the original asset which you collateralized goes away, then all of a sudden you have no way to pay for the money that you borrowed to get the other assets unless the other assets you got can stand on their own. The reason why credit cards want you to use money on your credit card is they're charging you such a crazy interest on that money. They take the money, they use it, they put it to work, and you're paying interest on it. Of course, some of you never pay, but they count on that. 
My point is, yes, Coca, I will get to my point. It's that no matter if you're rich or poor, or you have an asset that's worth 4 billion, 6 billion, 2 million, or 5,000 or $100, everyone treats an asset the same. I would like to hold on to that until I feel it is at its absolute highest and then short an emotional attachment, I will sell it, monetize it, diversify it, switch asset classes. Sometimes your judgment's clouded. I really don't wanna sell my favorite Mickey Mantle ball because I like looking at it. On the other hand, I look at the market for Mickey Mantle balls and I say, hmm, this is likely a really good time. And it's fading, so I better hurry. When you own a professional sports team, sometimes you own it only ego. Doesn't matter the team loses money, doesn't matter the team makes money, doesn't matter what you paid. That was a lot easier to do for people who bought a team at 100 million that's worth two or three, four or five billion. Josh Harris, who bought a team at six and a half billion dollars, the Washington Commanders, does not look at a team that does not perform on the field or off the field that has negative cash flow and say, this is great. The people who bought the Marlins at 1.2 billion don't look at the team that loses money every year and say, no problem, I'm loving this, McDonald's. Longtime owners of teams look at their annual cash flow and say, hmm, I can stand this. Oh, I'm tired of it. The Angelos family, great example in Baltimore. When you've got a father who buys a team and then the sons work for it, the father's got the attachment to it. The sons have attachment to the appreciation. The sons who now are in charge of the team because the father is absolutely not here. He's not dead, but he doesn't run the team anymore. No one's heard from him or seen him in a long time. As a matter of fact, he could be Bernie. We don't know. The Angelo's sons, their attachment, as you know, they fight, go back to recent nothing personals. We've told you the insanity that is the Angelos family, the fighting that is the Angelos family. We got word yesterday, the Angelos family could very easily sell the Orioles. Why yesterday? We've been talking about that for a year. Well, because there's a rumor now of who's gonna buy it. The Carlisle Group. You know those hedge funds, venture capital firms, all these people, it's by, by the way, hello, David Blitzer, Josh Harris. People who make money in various ways, have a lot of it, billions and billions of dollars, and they want to get into the sports game because there's one thing to be a billionaire. There's another thing to be an absolutely anonymous billionaire. It started with Steve Ballmer. The guy couldn't stand that no one knew who he was, and he found in Microsoft. He said, I'll buy the Clippers. Everyone knows who I am. How many of you knew about Josh Harris and David Blitzer before they started buying sports teams? That is the definition of an ego buy. The problem is when the ego buy is expensive enough, no matter how rich you are, it ends up mattering. And if you can't get your ego satiated the way Elon did by spending 44 billion, if you can't get it satiated by buying a sports team, you don't get it satiated by driving an expensive car, by being the first guy to, into space, you want consistent, constant public attention, ego stroking. All of these hedge fund guys who are getting into sports at these crazy numbers, irrational exuberance is what I like to call it. They got to start running teams responsibly. 
You buy the Orioles right now at a price that Angelos wants to sell them at, you better change how that team gets run. Angelos, running the team, bought it in 1992-91 for $173 million. Their cost of entry, their return on investment is so far greater than any return that people get by buying teams today. And the people who are buying them are the rich people who get returns on investment at numbers greater than anybody else. But now they're going into an asset class where they won't. So why are they doing it? E-G-O. And owning the Orioles or the Nationals, that is big. You're in the beltway. You're right in the middle of the political power. It's fantasy, of course. I remember going to Nationals Coke. This is great. You go to a Nationals game. You go to the Learner's Suite. You look left. You look right. There's politicians. There's people of import everywhere, every day, Tuesday afternoon. My God, I know you. I'm going to give you a wait to see, actually. Let me, do I have this, Coca? I can't remember. All right, official wait to see. The Orioles and the Nationals will sell before the end of 2025. Right now, they're involved in such a bitter dispute for revenue from their network, the network that was invented when the Orioles allowed the Nationals to exist. Remember, the Nationals got there from Montreal. Part of that whole business deal was, hey, Peter Angelos, we're going to let the Nationals into your territory, but in return, we're going to give you a network and we're going to make the Nationals be on that network. And that's back in the day when those networks, they were printing money, literally printing it. The Nationals will sell, the Orioles will sell. One of you asked me to watch something and I did. I'm going to review it when we come back. And then we're going to, uh, we have something we have to talk about. Uh, during the winter meetings in Nashville, Jerry Reinsdorf met with the mayor of Nashville. And he doesn't want you to know why. But I'm going to let you know exactly why. We'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It is Friday. Thank you for everything. Going on davidsampsonpodcast.com. We had our best week of people engaging on the website, people getting merchandise for the holidays. There's great merchandise available. Discounts are available. So please have a happy Hanukkah. Last night was the first night of Hanukkah. I went to see my son in college last night to celebrate the first night of Hanukkah with him. Went to dinner and uh, gave him his Hanukkah presents. Some small, some big, some more useful than others. It's really hard getting people gifts. Do you feel that stress around the holiday time? Like when you're in secret Santas? I, I'm off the subject, Coco, but this has been in my head. Where Okay, we're doing a secret exchange, but it's $40 or less. So therefore, or fewer really, then you go on Amazon and you search 
gifts for under $40. Then there's a website where you can actually put in what gifts you want from the list of gifts under $80. It's taken all of the stress and we've tried to negate it by saying, hey, what do you want? Oh, I don't know what you want. I'm going to get you a gift card. You get what you want. Boy, isn't that personal? An Apple gift card, a Visa card. I wonder if people would like a DraftKings card. That's what it is, like 150, maybe free bets, something. It's all crazy to me. And it used to be when I was married that it was taken care of for me. I didn't have to think about it. Now I'm a dad trying to do gifts for his kids. I don't know what the hell they want. So I go on websites, pretend they don't know what they want. Here's the problem. I don't even know their size. So I try to get things that are not size, but then it looks impersonal. But then you include the gift receipt, which is really just saying, by the way, if you don't like what I did, just get something for yourself. To which they respond, how about cash? I'm not giving you cash. I want you to know that I'm thinking about you and loving you and trying to have a personal touch. How does it feel to bat 100 in gift giving? Ever heard of the concept re-gifting? Re-gifting is making sure that you are so lazy that you actually give something that you've gotten to someone else because you have no idea what they want, but you certainly know it's something that you don't want. This is a stressful time of year. So I wanted to watch a movie that I thought was a movie, except it wasn't. I love all of your audience suggestions. I do. I keep the list. You know I do. I have a list. You know, if Levitard texts me one more time during a goddamn show, I can't stand it. How many times? All right. Cut that. I don't want to annoy him in that way, but that is just, he knows. 8 to 8.45. Anytime. We started this morning at 3 in the morning. No problem. 8 to 8.45, leave it be. I keep my phone in case of emergency because that's the type of family I grew up in where if there's an emergency, like if you call me twice, if I don't answer the first time, you immediately call me again, I'm answering because it means that you're on fire in some sort. And don't abuse that. Where were we? I love the audience movie suggestions. I really do. You told me to watch Float on Disney+. And so I did. It turns out it's an 11-minute short. And it was brilliant. It is about a father who discovers that his son can fly and is embarrassed by his son's gift and does nothing but try to stop his son from exploiting his gift. Stop his son from being different because no one wants to be different. But the boy was the boy. To him, he wasn't different. I'm watching this movie about a father-son relationship. I'm thinking about my relationship with my son, my relationship with my father. Tears are welling up in my eye as I think about how awful we all are. How much we encourage homogeny. Daring to be different, accepting differences, acknowledging them, embracing them. This movie float got to me. And then I realized it was part of an entire rollout of short movies that have been going on for years. This movie's from 2019. So I watched the next one and it's called Wind. Wind is a movie 
about a grandmother and her grandson who are trapped on this weird planet. And it's just the two of them. And they find a way to escape, except only the boy can escape, not the grandmother. I was incredibly, incredibly moved by that. So those are the two that I have watched. Float and Wind. They're on Disney+. Plus. There are a bunch more. They're called Spark Shorts. They're done through Pixar. I would strongly, strongly encourage you to go to Disney+. Plus and watch these Spark Shorts. They're emotional. They're incredibly well done. So many great filmmakers out there. Hey, Adnan, Scorsese's not the only one. Look out for this guy, Jack Loyello. All right, what's next? Hey, hey, Peb Metz, live on Nothing Personal with David Sampson, just donated $100 to us, which we are going to use to give Coca a Christmas bonus. Thank you so much for that. Coca deserves it. No, what Coca? What? I can't read the screen. I can't see the screen. I'm looking at the camera. Maybe I'll have a better setup where I can have a bigger return screen. Oh, it's to celebrate the holiday season. You're donating nothing personal gift to a member of the audience. You mean not Coca? That means that someone watching this show live right now is about to get a hundred dollars worth of merchandise sent by us to you because of the donation of Peb Mets. That is incredibly generous. Thank you so much for your loyalty. Coca, choose somebody in the chat. No problem. You can close your eyes and throw a dart. You can choose someone who's been there from the beginning. You can choose somebody who's new today. You can choose somebody who just it can't be someone in your family, Coca. DavidSampsonPodcast.com. That's where the merch lives. Thank you very much, Peb Metz. Is that your name? I assume that's like a screen name. I don't know if you're a man, a woman, he, she, they. Either way, thank you. That is incredibly generous. You're going to get some really good, good merch, whoever wins that. We could actually split that between two people, but don't, don't do that, Coca. Jerry Reinsdorf, my erstwhile good buddy. My main man doesn't like me too much anymore. Still listens to nothing personal. Isn't happy with some of the stories I've told, things I've said. Believes we got to keep it all in-house. Keep the veil of secrecy alive. Don't let him know that we're just normal. Why would Jerry Reinsdorf go meet the mayor of Nashville? Because he's in Nashville for the winter meetings. Jerry Reinsdorf always went to the winter meetings. Not a lot of owners go. He's one who always goes. Loves it. Makes him nostalgic for the old days. In Nashville, he said, hmm, how about if I go meet the mayor? Nashville is the number one expansion or relocation market on the East Coast right now. Number one. When expansion comes, there'll be one West, one East. Relocation comes. If it's a Western team relocating Oakland, they'll relocate West. If it's an Eastern team relocating Tampa, they'll relocate East, Nashville. The Chicago White Sox are trying to get a new ballpark, renovate the old one, but I think they're trying to get a new one. And they've been tiptoeing around threatening relocation, which of course is page three of the playbook. And he went to meet the mayor and then had to walk it back. God, do I love it. Did you know, just for people who don't, and Jerry, how do you know this? 
the calendar of public officials is public. When you have an official meeting that's on the books, everyone can see it. If you want to do something under the cover of night, you know that's doable. So he meets Mayor Freddie O'Connell, no relation to Jerry that I'm aware of, or Rebecca Romaine or John. The White Sox then said through a spokesman, we'll have nothing more to say on details of the get together. Then why is it okay to get it out there that you had a get together? When you are using another city as leverage to stay in Chicago, the way to do it is to be out front. Hi, my name's Jerry Reinsdorf. I went to meet with the mayor of Nashville because we don't have a deal long-term to stay in Chicago. I would like to stay in Chicago, but it is my responsibility as the owner of the White Sox to make sure they've got a first-class facility to play in wherever that facility may be. I'd like it to be Chicago, but as of now, I have no deal in Chicago. That'd be fine. What do you think? They're going to hate you? You've given them seven rings. You're beloved. So people ran with this information because the, the lease guaranteed rate field expires in like six years. Reinsdorf then had to shoot down a report, as quoted in the Chicago Sun-Times, that he was exploring Nashville as a landing spot. What do you think? He was having a schmear? It's absurd. Oh, I just really, I have on my bucket list for this year in 2023, I'm trying to meet the mayor of every city I go to. Would you give me a small break? Hi, Mr. Mayor. I'm Jerry. I just want to say hi and tell you I really do like your city. I've loved the Johnny Cash Museum and the Gaylord Convention Center. Oh, it's a winner. Is there any way that I could get first-class access to get through security faster? Oh, that's right. I fly privately. What? It was a, they, were they were sharing recipes for Hanukkah? They were doing cultural exchange, O'Connell and Reinsdorf? Of course he was there with a purpose. There's nothing Jerry Reinsdorf does that doesn't have a purpose. Kudos to him. I'm the same way. If I'm saying something, there's a reason. If I'm doing something, there's a season. But then to immediately deny it defeats the damn purpose of it. Then you had the communications officer for the mayor who was being inundated with requests and came up with the line that the meeting was introductory in nature. I love that. I love when I get to say that a meeting is introductory in nature. Every meeting is introductory in nature. It starts with, hi, Jerry, I'm David. Hi, Jerry, I'm Jerry. Hi, Jerry, I'm Scott. Jerry, Scott, John, Jason. Freddie, Jerry. Johnny? Is that what introductory in nature is? When you sit down, exchange names, that's like with trades in baseball, big deal coming up. They exchange names. It must be close. Oh my God. Good to see you again, Freddie. You too, Jerry. Introductory in nature. <sighs> Nothing personal pick of the day. How about the in-season tournament semis? How about the Lakers crushing the Pelicans? How about me telling you to bet the Lakers? This segment brought to you almost this close by DraftKings. 
Lakers one and a half over the Pelicans win. Pacers plus four and a half versus the Bucks didn't need any of it. Could have given eight points and still won. Lakers and Pacers both won. And then I was dumb enough to do the Pat Steelers under. Thank God that game went over at halftime. Didn't have to watch it. Bunch of crap. Of course, I ended up going back and forth. Is it a pain in the neck for you the way it is for me on Thursday night when I'm watching a basketball game on Hulu, then I'm watching a football game on Amazon, and you can't go LC, last channel. So you have to get out of the app, get into the app. I could have two different devices going, but I don't. I have one device going. So I have to exit out of the app, get into the next app, and then go back during a commercial when I'd rather be able to go back, forth, back, forth, quick, quick, quick. Coca, did that, does that drive you nutty or no? Probably not, because you were probably reading a book. You're smarter than the rest of us. We are 186 and 176. We had a two and one night. We won the basketball games and we lost the football game. We're 10 over. Remember the wait to see? We're so close, Coca. We are so close. Am I the guy to get a wait to see right, which I told you we will end the year up over 500 in terms of picks. And this is when we were way below 500. I couldn't get a pick right. Fade Sampson was what you should be doing. Now I'm 10 games over 500. Am I the guy who's going to win the batting title, does the math and says, oh, I'm not going to play the last two days of the season? Or am I the guy who's in the lead of the batting title and says, you know what? I'm going to earn it. I'm going to get hits in the last couple games. Well, you're going to find out I'm 10 over. Do we have 10 shows left? Are there 10 picks left? Well, let's start with our picks for this weekend. We've got the losers matchup in the NBA today. That's how this end season tourney is going. It's such a great tournament. Everyone is so engaged. The winner of the uh, Lakers-Pacers game will be the champion of the in-season tournament. Each player will get half a million ducats. That's not jump change. Even when you're making 20 mil, think about that. So tonight, what they do is the people who lost in the quarterfinals play each other. So you've got the Celtics playing and you've got the Suns playing. The Celtics are playing the Knickerbockers and the Suns are playing the Kings. And those were the four losers of the quarterfinal games. So I'm doing a money line parlay tonight. It's a quarterfinal losers matchup. I'm saying the Celtics and the Suns are going to win their games. They're so pissed off that they did not win and make it to Vegas. They're going to play and they're going to win their games. So tonight, take the Celtics and Suns. You're going to get plus 182 on that. Tomorrow is the in-season tournament actual finale. And no question, the Pacers are fun to watch. They're damn good. But LeBron James wants this. He wants to add this to his resume. He wants to win it in Vegas. They're only favored by four points. And the way they played last night, I'm not saying they're going to shoot that well from three again, but they're going to beat the Pacers. So we'll take the Lakers minus four. Then Eagles plus three and a half versus Cowboys. That's the Sunday night game. I'm looking for the Eagles to rebound from that absolute turd game against the Niners last week. The Cowboys, of course, are, are hot, scoring 30 points a game at least. But the Eagles aren't going to fold. If the Cowboys win, I think they catch the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles plus three and a half. If they lose, it'll be by a field goal. Those are the nothing personal picks of the day. All right. Oh, you have a winner already. Oh, this is great. Peb Mets donated $100. That's really nice. Now, we could just keep that, but of course we're not. Coca could keep it, but of course he's not. You wanted this to go for nothing personal merchandise. 
to somebody in the chat. And we've got a winner. Nathan Carter, you're the winner. And you're a new dad. You just had a baby. That is awesome. A first-time new dad. Coca just yelling. What's the difference? Oh, new dad could be your fifth kid. You'd be a new dad. A first-time dad is your first kid. Fair enough. All right. We'll give him a clean, a clean segment that he can clip for his family. Ready? 4869. Congratulations to Nathan Carter, a first-time dad. You are the winner of the merchandise that will be sent to you because of the very generous donation by Peb Metz. We're a little community. We're a family here at Nothing Personal. I love that. Every day, 8 a.m. Eastern, join us. YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. Tell your friends about it. Come join what we do. You can, if you're listening to this, we appreciate that. The numbers keep growing. Things are happening for us. Coke is very happy. I'm very happy. We are appreciative. Well, that's our show for the week. That's it. That's been a full week of shows. I don't know about you, but I'm a little tired. Although we have more to do today. We'll get it done, Coca. Until Monday at 8 a.m. Thank you again, PebMet. Congratulations, Nathan Carter. And remember, communicate smartly, intelligently, and well, even though it's just business. This is nothing personal.